wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Brother Gary, he has a better finish than that. You know that. You know, he, he kind of just tailed off, but we want to highlight him. So, so uh, Brother Gary, could you give us a, a better ending on that one? Ready? There you go. <laughs> you know, you got to utilize your gifts uh, while we have them. Thank you, Brother Gary. <laughs> you want to hear it again? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's all he knows. He doesn't know. <laughs> Amen. You guys probably do that at home, right? You, 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 on the, on the boom. So let's pray today. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We ask you that your word would just uh, encompass our heart and our minds, so that we can do those things that you've called us to do. We ask you for uh, hearing ears and open heart to receive all that you have for us. Guide my mouth and my heart to speak your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's uh, message is called Walking in the Spirit. Isn't that a nice title? Don't you want to be walking in the Spirit? Doesn't that sound good? Or you want to be walking in the flesh or walking in the world? No, walking in the Spirit of the Lord, how great that is, amen? And it's not spooky or mysterious. It's not like, ooh, I'm in the Spirit. No, it's actually letting the Lord guide and direct you in your life. He's in us. He's he's talking to us. He's uh, directing us in the way that we're supposed to go. The Bible says that for as many as that are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they are the sons and daughters of God. Amen? So you want to be led by the Lord. And it's not, everybody's looking for this big audible voice to come out of, booming out of the sky, you know. David, walk this way. Come, follow me. No, it's not, God doesn't work that way. He only did it to his son, actually, two or three times. He doesn't really do it to us. His normal way is to kind of prompt us in our spirit. Sometimes it's an inner voice that you hear something that God wants you to do. Like, for instance, I had a friend. His name was Reuben, Reuben Rios. And this guy wore me out. Have you ever had friends that wear you out? Can I, okay, I see smiles, but I, I don't see any hands raised. <laughs> but we would always argue, uh, guess what about Scripture? He believed one way, I believed the other way, and we would go over to his house, and we'd have a beautiful uh, dinner. And at the end, he would try to impose his theology on me. And finally, I said, you know, Reuben, this is all well and good, but, you know, I just don't believe that way. And so we would go home, and we'd, I'd be so mad. I'd, I'm not going over there anymore. I'm not, even though the meal was really good, his wife cooked good, but let's just not go there anymore. And so I went to bed, and the, as I woke up the next morning, the Lord spoke to my heart. I felt, I heard, heard the words of my spirit. It said, I want you to befriend Reuben. Now, I knew that wasn't me because I don't even know what that means. <laughs> befriend, what does that mean? Well, I looked it up, and it's very simple. Be a friend. So I was a friend to him, and, and I loved him, and he had uh, epilepsy, and he actually died not too soon after that, and that's why the Lord wanted me to be with him, to, be with him, to comfort him. So I, I got up in the funeral, and I was talking nice things about him as much as I could find, and um, there was a lot, but then, I got to, then it just came out of me. I go, but this boy, he wore me out, and I, all of a sudden, everybody's eyes lit up, and, they, and their heads, you know, lifted up, and they go, yeah, you ain't kidding, you know. So I didn't know that he was doing that to everybody. 
But the Lord was able to talk to me so that I could be a friend to him. So you might have friends that wear you out, but guess what? You are joined to help them to grow in the name of the Lord, being led by the Spirit. Amen? So uh, God wants you, he wants, he, he doesn't want to have to yell at you from heaven. He wants to lead you like a horseman would lead a horse, you know, with the reins just kind of move to one side, move to the other, real gentle, real easy. He wants us to be in tune with him. Amen? So uh, in Psalms 32, 8, let's look at this. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. I'm guiding you. Did your mom ever? I know when I was growing up, my mom just looked at me, and I knew what she meant. <laughs> Don't do that. You better not do that. And God help you if you do that. <laughs> and, you know, if I, I don't know if you guys are raised like this, but I, I, I might have been in, like, some kind of a prison because when we went to visit our neighbors, our, our, our family in New York, she said, I want you, got you and your sister sit on the couch. Don't talk. Don't do any, don't be running around the house. You sit there. You be quiet. Don't ask for anything. And just, you, you sit there. And uh, there was no ADD in, in our generation. I mean, if there was, they'd just slap it out of us. I mean, there's no way we could be running around and doing the things that, you know, kids nowadays do. No way, Jose. But if I was doing something wrong, she'd just look at me. That look like, if you don't straighten up, when you get home, you're going to get it. So anyway, but God is looking at us, watching us. And here's what it says in Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isn't that nice to know that God is watching us? He's going to speak to us. He's going to guide us. If you're going the wrong way, he's going to tell you, don't go that way. You ever been there? You know, you're dating somebody that you shouldn't be dating. You know, you're going places you shouldn't be. God, you just feel that conviction on the inside of you. No, no, you shouldn't do that. He's watching you. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So a walk in the Bible is often a metaphor for practical daily living. The Christian life is a journey, and God wants, us to, wants to walk with us through it. So another way of allowing, uh, saying that God is leading you is that he wants to work in you and through you. Amen? He doesn't want us to be robots, that we just do, you know, whatever he says. He wants us to have a heart to want to please him. You know, my wife wants me to want to go walking with her. Amen? Not that she has to demand it. She doesn't say, okay, like, here's your schedule. <laughs> But she surprises me. You know, I'd be laying on the couch enjoying myself. She says, you want to walk? <laughs> Not really, but what you have to do is you have to respond. Amen? Amen. So how does, the, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? He leads us by bringing things to our remembrance that we have read in the Bible. Things that we read and we you know, put to our heart, like be kind to one another, be gentle, be patient, all these things. And then when you you know, face those situations, those, that word comes up to you. You should be nice to that person. You should be kind to that person, okay? Sometimes uh, it might be to forgive somebody. Have you ever had to forgive somebody that you really don't want to forgive? It might, me, might uh, mean that you have to apologize. Ooh, that's a hard one, you know? Some people don't apologize. They just, like, pretend like it never happened, and they just do n nice things and kind things. 
Amen? But it takes a little bit of gumption to say, you know, I'm sorry if I did that to you. I'm sorry if I made you feel bad. And so you have to apologize. Or it might be that you're experiencing conviction because the Spirit of God is pulling something up in your spirit that you know you shouldn't be doing. Amen? You're walking and the Spirit is telling you, no, no, don't, you're not supposed to do that. He reminds you of that. Or it might be a conversation with somebody that you might be very tempted to say something that you shouldn't say. The Bible says the wise in heart studies how to answer. If I say this, I know this is going to open up a can of worms. And if you say something like some people's house we go to, well, actually, my, my family, my sister's uh, family, there are certain topics and subjects we don't talk about. We've been there. We've done that. There's no, <laughs> you know, joining in it. So we don't talk about some things. Praise God. So the first thing we have to do to walk in the Spirit, and there's five things, okay? You ready? Because this way you have something to take home. The first thing you have to do to walk in the Spirit is to have the Word of God dwelling on the inside of you. God speaks to us through His Word. Praise God. So if we're walking in the Spirit, we have to be united with Him in Word and in Spirit. So that, oh, you got it up there, right? You have, you have to have the Word of God in you. Let's, we're going to spill the beans here and just tell you everything, and then we'll talk about it. You have to have the Word of God in you. You have to be led by the Spirit. You have to display the fruit of the Spirit. Holy moly. You got you actually have to live this life. People have to look at you and say, oh, I, I see the fruit in your life. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, and you have to take authority over demonic activities. Hallelujah. What an assignment. Starts off real easy. You be nice. You be kind and everything. And all of a sudden, you have to have power, and you have to, you know, take authority over demonic activities. You ever have to do that? I... I, I <laughs> I always tell the story, my, my son, when he was a young boy, he was having breakfast with my wife, and they were having a good time, and I was at a prayer meeting, 6 o'clock prayer meeting, and uh, we had a beautiful time, and the Lord was there, so wonderful. And I came home, and they were talking, and I started talking, and all of a sudden, my wife and I got in an argument. Now, how could that be? I just came out of the prayer meeting. So I said, I told Charles, well, Charles, look, at, you see how the devil gets in this situation? He said, no, Daddy, the devil's in you. We were fine until you got here. So he was punished for that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the first time I had to cast out a demon, and I haven't, haven't had to do it many times, but I was a young pastor at another church, and I was just greeting the people. And one of the brothers came to me and goes, hey, uh, do you have deliverance services here? I go, what do you mean deliverance service? You know, like, you know, casting out demons and stuff. I go, uh, no, uh, but what's, do you have a demon? He goes, no, but I got a friend, he has a demon, and he acts like a wolf. You know, he, his teeth will roll up, and I mean, his lips will roll up, his teeth will show, and he's, he, he pounces on people. His back, you know, curls up, and, and I go, okay, well, you bring him here on Wednesday, and I'll be ready for him. And so I said, okay, uh, this is my first time. And uh, I feel pretty good. I talked to some people, some pastors, about how to do this. He said, well, you know, get, you know, worded up and pray, pray in the Spirit, get ready for him, and take authority over it. Don't let him manifest himself. Don't let him start doing his thing. You attack him, and you tell him to come out in the name of Jesus. I go, that's good. I said, you know what? I'm going to film this because I'm so confident that I'm going to cast this thing out. I want everybody to see just how good Pastor Chuck is doing this. Then I started thinking about it. What if it doesn't work? 
what if this thing jumps on me, beats me up, and, you know, like, this, like the sons of Sceva that they went running down the hill? <laughs> and I said, you know what, maybe we, we better not film this at all. In fact, give me some elders, and I don't mean good praying elders, I mean strong elders, because if this wolf comes at me, I need to know that he's going to attack him and, and, and pre prevent me from any harm. So sure enough, he came in, and, you know, they, they, there's a list of things you're supposed to say. You know, did your father abuse you? Did you have you had any unforgiveness? All these lists of things that you're supposed to ask him. And I started going down the list, and I said, forget it. You know, I said, listen, <laughs> devil, <laughs> I command you to come out of him in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, he started looking at me, and I saw his lips kind of curl up, and his teeth started coming out, and he stood his back. I go, oh, I'm telling you, and I had to get serious. I had to reach down and say, come out in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, it's like he came out. The guy's, you know, just dropped his shoulders, and he felt at peace. And I go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It worked. Amen? You have to have that confidence of who you are in Christ. Praise the Lord. And so I found out that he later on, now he's married, he has kids, and everything was fine. But, you know, God wants us to be, uh, exercise the power of the Holy Spirit in casting out devils. Amen? So being led by the Spirit, you remember how Jesus was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness? The, the, the Spirit of the Lord uh, t uh, led him to be tempted by the devil. And you say, why was that? Well, he had to overcome the things that Adam did not overcome. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Jesus succeeded. The devil was defeated. And the devil is still defeated. And he's still getting beat up by us. Amen? So he was led by the Spirit. So in the book of Acts, where the disciples were learning to be led by the Spirit because Jesus wasn't there anymore. So someone had to guide and direct them. So the Acts of the Apostles, that's it's called, should really be the Acts of the Holy Spirit manifested through the Apostles. So in the book of Acts, uh, the Holy Spirit was directing traffic. In Acts chapter 8, verse 29, uh, Philip the evangelist is going down the road, and he sees a eunuch from Ethiopia there, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and tells him, go into the chariot and tell him about the Lord and see if he'll get baptized. Now, there's no scripture about that, but the Holy Spirit was prompting him to do it. Are there things that God is telling you to do that's not in the Bible, but you just know being unified and united with him, he wants you to do? So Philip jumps in the chariot, and he's right. He says, you know what you're reading? He goes, no, I don't know who can, read, who can understand unless somebody shows me. So in the beginning, he showed him all the, the uh, scriptures about Jesus. And after he was done, he said, well, we're, there's some water. Uh, what prevents me from being baptized? He got out of the chariot. He went and got baptized, no baptismal robes or anything. And he came out, and it was a great day. And then Philip, God translated him away. Isn't that good? The Spirit was guiding and directing him, like he's going to guide and direct you. You don't know, like, is this a person I'm supposed to marry? Or is this the job I'm supposed to take? You know, uh, my wife and I, we got married. We only knew each other for 10 weeks. I know. Surprise, surprise. It's, my son said, not recommended. Okay. Counseling 101, do not do that. But anyway... So we, we, after we knew, after we'd been married for a little while, we said we should sue each other for false advertising because this is not the girl I married, you know. She was always on time. I was always listening to what she had to say. I mean, and, and then, then you revert back to your, 
your natural way. But anyway, <laughs> you, you have to ask the Lord. He knows ahead what you're, what's supposed to happen, how your job is supposed to be, how your wife is going to be, all these things, where you're supposed to live. Glory to God. So also in Acts chapter 11, uh, the Spirit told Peter, I want you to go with these three men because they're going to tell you about how the Gentiles are included in salvation. And he went. There's no scripture. The Holy Spirit was speaking to him. And then in Acts 15, they had a, a, what's called a Jerusalem council where they came together and discussed some things. And at the end of the meeting, they came out and they said, well, it seems good to us and the Holy Ghost to do certain things. Now, if you told somebody that, they'd say, like, are you crazy? What do you mean good for you and the Holy Ghost? Who, is the Holy Ghost in the meeting? No, he, yeah, he was. He was in them, and they got an assurance and a, uh, a positive assurance that the Holy Spirit was doing these. You have to know that you know that you know that in any decision that you make, and the Holy Spirit who knows the beginning from the end can tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. Praise the Lord. I like, I know... Uh, when we were uh, in this other church, and this other church, there's real, they're real uh, big on, you know, having nice cars. Like, that's not a big deal anymore, but they just thought that was a good idea. So I said, uh, well, okay, well, we'll get a nice car. So my wife says, well, let's go get a Mercedes. Because she had a Mercedes when she was married before to this fellow that passed away. Uh, she had a Mercedes. He actually had a Rolls Royce, and she had a big... A yacht. She had a, a big home in Las Vegas. I mean, she was uh, living the wrong life. I mean, <laughs> and then she married me, okay? Small little one-bedroom apartment, okay? <laughs> Driving a company car, okay? And so uh, we've, the Lord's prospered us, hallelujah, from serving Him. And so she said, let's go look at, let's go look at cars, let's go look at a Mercedes. Like, oh, no, no, no. I put her off for about a year and a half. And then finally she said, well, let's just go look at them. What a ploy that was. I didn't know that was. You, you girls know what that means, right? Go look at it. You can't refuse it once you look at it, right? So we're looking at them, and it was like the perfect car. It was beautiful. I mean, it was like maroon with a nice light interior, clean, uh, you know, low mileage. And so uh, we're looking at it, and so the salesman said, well, you want to go look at the paperwork? You want to go look at the figures? And I go, okay, whatever. And so she's on one side of the car, of the hood, and I'm on the other side. And I go, well, what do you think? She goes, no, it's not. The Lord told me there's a check in my spirit. I'm, we're not supposed to do that. I go, yeah, I feel the same way. Because if we bought it, we would have to pay for it. But if the Lord helped us, he would help us pay for it. Amen. So it's good to know what the Lord is telling you to do. Amen? So we have to have the Word of God so God can speak to us through His Word. We have to be in tune to Him so that the Holy Spirit can speak to us things that are not in the Bible. The third way is to have the fruit of the Spirit. Glory to God. Amen. So here's the fruit of the Spirit. You ready for this? It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Would that describe you? <laughs> if they said, well, come, you know, spend some time with so-and-so. They're so gentle. They're so kind. They're so good. They're so loving, right? Until you cross them 
or do something they don't like, then all of a sudden things change. But the Bible says that we have to, and the, the rest of the scripture says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Amen? Cruci- what does crucify mean? Make it dead. Don't let it live. Don't let it take control over you with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, we should also walk in the Spirit. So the Apostle Paul says, there's a fight here. There's the flesh, the Spirit that are fighting each other, and your mind is kind of going back and forth. And there's that one scripture that Paul says, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I wind up doing. That's called the do-do scripture. Don't... The ones you don't want to do, you wind up doing, okay? Have anybody relate to that? So we have two things warring against each other. And what I like to do here at New Heart Foursquare Church is to illustrate it so that you can understand it and get a, a, a visual picture of the fight that goes on between your spirit, your body, and your mind. Because you're a three-part being, right? You are a spirit, you have a mind, and you live in a body. And all these three got to agree. And if they don't, it's a mess. So let's, let's bring some people up here. And uh, we're going to set the stage here for a little script. And I'll give you the, the intro. Uh, it's going to be somebody that really uh, needs to believe God for finances. Have you ever met somebody like that or you yourself? Bring it in a little closer. And um, so this, this person is desperate. So desperate, they have to pray and fast. Now, that's serious, isn't it, when you have to fast? How many of you have fasted lately? Okay, we got some fasting people. Other people said, no, we're good. <laughs> but when you come into some bad situations, you need to get closer to God and fast and pray. Amen? So we're going to have our, our cast come up here in just a minute, and they're going to describe to us what we need to do in fasting and praying. Praise the Lord. So what we're going to have is uh, my wife's going to be the spirit, Margaret's going to be the mind, and Ruthie's going to be the body. So if you guys come up here. Can you put the mics on? Ron, can you give us the, the front mic? Okay, here we go. Hey, don't let me get my stuff. All right. Hallelujah. Let's roll them. <laughs> Hi, I'm the Spirit, and I just love the Lord. Praise God. He is my life. He's my joy, and of course, he's my peace, too. I'm the mind. Well, 
I just try to figure things out. And, you know, I judge according to what I see. And you know when I see it, I believe it. I'm the body. I'm just here. And I do whatever I feel like doing. I, I just love to eat. Um, I just love to watch TV. And then I get hungry watching TV, so I, I have to eat. I just love to have fun. I'm into pleasure. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Whatever feels good, I just do it. And we're all one. We're the body, spirit, and mind. Well, God, I do have a problem. I owe money. I have a big financial need. My car, it broke down, and it's a lot of money, Lord, and I need you to help me take care of this bill. Your word says that you will supply all my need according to your riches and glory. So I feel like I need to fast and pray. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. You're going to do what? Oh, no. We can't do that. How am I going to eat my favorite foods? I can't go out without my Big Mac. Extra sauce, extra large fries, extra large high C. And right now, if I buy a Big Mac, I get another one for a dollar. Oh, my gosh. What about, what about my, nightly, my nightly Oreos? Every night I sit in front of the TV and I get the tallest glass of milk and I get a package of cookies and I open it and I dunk my cookie and I... Mm, and I dunk, and then I drink, then I refill the milk, then I run out of cookies, so I just keep going and going till I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't have that. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Okay, I won't body. be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's enough body. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. You can't go without eating for one day. You can't even miss a meal for one day. How would, we, how would you miss three meals? Oh, my goodness. I don't think this is a good idea for your body. And it's not really going to be a good thing because without eating, uh, you'll be weak. You won't be able to get your work done. And what are you going to do when all these people are eating? I'm the spirit. Remember, I'm the spirit. <laughs> well, I'm going to eat on the word of God. And these two are going to have to follow along, right? So the Lord is going to strengthen me. And the Bible says that I shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So I will be able to help you guys in not having food. I'm going to help you. But I'm excited. I'm not going to carry you guys. That's not going to be any good. You know I'm not in very good shape. I don't even really like walking. That's so boring. And I don't even have shoes. How am I going to walk around in my chanclas? No, no. But okay, maybe 
I will try. I will try maybe not to eat. Plus, we will probably be late wherever we go if we do that. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, you know, we can barely make it to work on time. If we walk, if we ride a bike, or if we take a bus, we'll never be to work on time at all. We're going to have to get into agreement. We're going to have to trust God to be able to pay this financial, for him to meet our financial need so he can give us strength. We have to get together to get close to him. Are we going to do that? Well, I guess I have to get in line, but I'm going to need your help because I don't have any willpower and I'm very weak. Okay, well, do you read the word of God? Yeah, sometimes when I find it on the TV. <laughs> okay, if we read the word of God and we pray, God will give us his life more and more to sustain us and to meet our need. Well, I was reluctant at first, but if you guys are in agreement, I'll get in line too. And it'll be a good thing to get that car payment made, and a little discomfort for the body. Hey, 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 that's easy for you to say. <laughs> well, I like those desserts too, you know. I can't stop thinking about them. But I'm willing to try to focus on our goal. Okay, let's pray. We ready? Yes. Mike. Well, praise the Lord, body and mind. Father, I thank you for impressing upon me to fast and pray to receive your promises and direction and favor in life. I commit this fast to you, and I ask you to help my mind and body, my mind and my body, to get in line and be submitted to your will. I know this will open me up to be sensitive to you, and I am looking forward to a wonderful day of being in your presence. Amen. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Well, how many of you have experienced that in your travels in life? Yeah, okay. Uh, my wife said, who wrote that? I go, I, I wrote it from personal experience. Amen. <laughs> but when you set your mind, you see, your spirit has to tell your body what to do. Your spirit has to tell your mind what to do. It has to be stronger. Your body can't overrule your spirit. You know, an Olympic athlete, he doesn't wake up and say, well, do I feel like working out today or not? No. He says, I want to see the goal. I want to see the prize. So what do I have to do to get it? And that's what we have to do. Whatever we want in life, if you want to be a good Christian, sometimes you have to fast and pray. Sometimes you have to, on Sunday morning, tell your body what? Get up. Go to church. <laughs> Come on. Talk to me. Amen? Some people don't have a problem with that. Some people have every excuse in the world, like, you know, well, I don't know, the temperature, the wind, I don't know how my back is feeling, all those things, you know. But you have to force yourself. You tell your body what to do. Your body doesn't tell you what to do because your body will make up all kinds of excuses. 
Your mind will say things like, well, you know, this is, you've been there a couple of times already this month. You don't have to keep going, right? But how many of you know it's a, uh, the messages uh, are joined together so that one builds on the other. So if you miss one, you kind of miss a, a, a block of what we're teaching. So let's go back to Galatians 5, and let's look at this a little bit. Are you ready to hear that again about how you can have the fruit of the Spirit? How many of you want some fruit? Yeah. Amen. Not fruits and nuts, but real fruit of the Spirit. Not be fruit cakes, but let's look at it. Okay, first is love. Now, love here is the Greek word agape, and it means to be selfishly loving someone else, someone that doesn't deserve it, someone that uh, really shouldn't have the love of God, but you, because you have Jesus on the inside of you, you love. Love those that are not lovely. Unconditional. Praise the Lord. How about joy? Is your life generally characterized by joy? Do people look at you and say, you have the joy of the Lord. You have a smile on your face. You look wonderful. Some people <laughs> say, uh, if you have the joy of the Lord, you should inform your face to let them know that you have some joy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I don't know I'm talking about if everything's going right, because you can have joy in the midst of trials. The Bible says we should have joy and peace in believing. Because you're believing for something, you have the joy of the Lord knowing it's going to happen in your life. What about peace? Do you have peace? Or do you have a restful spirit? Do you, when people look at you, they say, now there's a person that is content, that has peace, the peace of God. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. I give to you. And what I give to you, the world can't take it away. I, I, sometimes you see pictures of people that are so peaceful. And don't, aren't, aren't you just kind of envious of how peaceful they are? Like, what are they so peaceful about? Don't, don't they know what's happening in the world? <laughs> Haven't they listened to the news? They probably don't listen to the news. That's why they have peace. Anyway, what about patience? Now, this is the idea uh, of, of suffering in the midst of trials. And it's being merciful to people in your life that might not be moving as fast as you want them to move. Have you ever been? Like, for instance, when I'm driving and I turn the corner and I see some people walking across the street, and they act like it's a parade. You know, it's like, you know, they're just casually walking, and I'm trying to get somewhere. And I'm like, could you move over a little bit? What's the matter with you? And, and it doesn't do any good to honk or anything because they look at you and they'll, you know, say, what's wrong with you? And, and so you just have to be patient and love them. Amen? <laughs> or how about the person that's not changing as fast as you want them to, i.e. your spouse, i.e. your children, i.e. your neighbor, right? <laughs> you have to be patient. Long-suffering. Glory to God. Then, how kind and good are you? Now, these kind of are similar together, being kind and being good. Are you doing kind things for people just out of the goodness of your heart? Or do you can't think of anything you can do for someone? Amen. I know like Angel, he's, he's ready and, and able to help people mow their lawns. This is a good, good advertisement, Angel. <laughs> to go and mow their lawns, trim trees, whatever. He's, he's just available. He, he never hesitates. He's ready to do good things. Whether people ask him or not, he's willing to do it. How about faithfulness? Are you faithful? The Bible says, a faithful man shall abound in blessings. We're here at this church because our family was faithful. We're in a community center for 13 years. That's a long time to be faithful, but I was, and I went to all the pastor's meetings, and I had joy, and I had peace, and when this church came up, they said, how about Pastor Chuck? He could take the church, and I said, yeah, I could take it. 
<laughs> and they gave it to us. Why? Because I was faithful. I went to all the meetings. Other pastors weren't going to the meetings. They could have given it to them. But praise God for being faithful. Praise the Lord. How about gentle? Ooh, gentle. Can I read this to you? It's how you relate to people with your words, your demeanor, your attitude, your verbal and nonverbal uh, indicators. Are you, gen are you gentle generally in terms of how you relate to people or when people call you? Uh, how are you rude? Are you abrasive? How are you gentle? Are you kind even when you have to correct them? Are you kind? Praise the Lord. I think we can all work on that a little bit, can't we? Praise God. You know, you just, you wear me out. You know, I, I had it with you. <laughs> I've had it up to here, okay? My mom used to say that to me. I had it up to here with you. I go, Mom, if it got to your mouth, wouldn't it just come out? Okay, how about this one? Self-control, last one. Self-control. You, you have to deny your flesh. You have to take control of yourself in your eating and your talking and whatever you do, you have to take control, self-control. Are you in control of yourself, or is it, run, is it running down the hill without you? Okay, so that was the fruit of the Spirit. You can measure yourself. Look at yourself. Do I, with person, people say, I have the fruit of the Spirit? The fourth thing, as we're getting ready to close, is having the power. Power for what? Power for miracles. Powerful, power for wonderful signs from God. Power to change minds. You should be able to speak to people. And the power of the Holy Spirit should want, make them and want them to change their life. You don't have to force it down them, but it just comes out of the Spirit of God. Praise God. So uh, let's look at this again, the, the uh, five signs we have. You have to have the Word of God in you. We heard the skit. Some people say, well, I read the Bible once in a while. Mainly I watch TV. But there's something about putting the Word of God on the inside of you. It'll change your life. Then you have to be led by the Spirit, doing those things you wouldn't ordinarily do. You have to receive the things of the Lord and let Him guide. And that makes it fun when the Lord's guiding and directing. You're not here alone. It's, a, it's an adventure to follow the Lord, to see Him do great things through you. you can, and then you have to display the fruit of the Spirit. Have you ever had somebody say, I thought you were a Christian? Why are you doing that? <laughs> People say that to me on the basketball court, and I go, listen, guys, <laughs> I'm more Christian than you will ever be, okay? My Muslim friend, when I, when I told him that we had an um, ex-Muslim guy get, get baptized, he said, well, he'd probably be a better Christian than you. I go, oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. And he said, well, okay, whatever. But anyway, so, and then I, I, so I heard this, and I said, you know what? You, you criticize Christianity, why don't you read the Bible and see what it says instead of reading just your book? Open your, your heart. And he goes, okay, I'll do that. Because every time I would tell him a scripture, he'd try to look it up in, in the Quran to see if it matched. And I said, don't, look at, look at some, something else. Look at, look at what Jesus said. He's supposed to be your prophet. And so we'll see how that goes. Okay. So in 1 John 3, 8, it says, he who sins is of the devil. And as sin from the beginning, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that we might destroy the works of the enemy. We have the power. The devil's afraid of us. We shouldn't be afraid of him. Amen? We can cast him out. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. Now, let's look at this picture here of a, a Roman soldier, because we have all this equipment. 
Praise God. How many things we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Helmet of salvation. What's that for? Protects your mind and protects you from the thoughts of the enemy. Praise God. And when you get a thought that's not of the enemy, oh, no, no, that's not a God. I got a helmet. Protects my, height, my, my mind. The breastplate of righteousness. What's that? Know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Nobody can talk you out of it. It's not in yourselves, but it's who you belong to. The breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. No one can talk you out of it. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, and I'm doing those things that God has called me to do. Sword of the Spirit. When you have a confrontation that you need to use your words, the words of the Lord, you have the sword, a two-edged sword, to cut through things and to bring things to pass that don't seem like it's going to happen because God, when he spoke this world into existence, he spoke it. He took it out of the invisible and put it into the visible. You have situations that you need to come out of from you don't know where, but you speak it, and God brings it to pass. You pull it out out of the invisible into the spirit realm, and you go like, hey, I didn't know how that happened. Well, God was working on your behalf. He's got angels. He's got the Holy Spirit moving on people's hearts and minds to give you what you're believing. The shield of faith. When the devil, devil tries to bring doubt to you with all his fiery darts, you just put up your shield of faith. Oh, no, I got the Lord. He's on my side. Amen? Yeah, I, I'm going to go by the power of his might. He can't, you ever get, you know, thoughts in your head about, oh, this is not going to work out, or you're, you're not good enough, all these fiery darts of the enemy comes when you're sleeping, you go like, what, what is that? No, you have to put up your shield of faith. And the last thing, your feet shod with the gospel of peace, peace. Always remember that your primary role in this world is to love God and spread the good news of the gospel. That's why Jesus came, isn't it? I came not for the righteous, but for the sinners to bring them to repentance. So we have to know that God is on our side. We have all the armor of God. We have all the power of God, and we've got the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us into all truth. Amen? Are you ready to go, soldiers? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear wonderful truths out of your word so that we can be equipped and we can be, uh, have all the ammunition that we need to conquer this world. We thank you, Lord God, that you've placed us as ambassadors to walk and to do those things that you've called us to do. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.